Slack and Slash Productions presents From the frigid wastes of Canada to the gothic gloom of Barovia, it's Strahdcast. A live play Dungeons and Dragons podcast featuring David Faulkner, Jason Galinsky, and Laird Hiscock. With production management by Gail Bird, and I, Scott Sharplin, will be your Dungeon Master as we play through Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition campaign, The Curse of Strahd. Eons before Strahd von Zarovich brought evil to Barovia, small enclave of earth-worshipping druids carved out place they called Amberizar, high on the mountain called Gakis, in the place where they believed their god's heart was once cast down after a battle with his sibling nemesis god Asmodeus. That tribe is now all but extinct, and yet one man seems to have locked Amberizar, although it is now called Amberizaro. He and his confederates explore the ancient temple and have discovered that it has already been invaded and corrupted, changed from a temple to Marantha into a temple to Asmodeus. They are seeking a contract which may allow them to finally get the upper hand against their enemy, Strahd. In the meantime, they have found a strange creature, undead, yet possessed of keen intelligence, seemingly powerful and yet completely amnesiac. It is with this strange figure that we rejoin our heroes. So, perhaps first I will pull up an image so you know who you are talking to. This is going to be distasteful. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I don't see why uh, you would think that. Um, all of my artwork is tasteful uh, and easy to find in my excellent storage system. Anyway, uh, it's a lich. So you can, uh, you can just go ahead and imagine that. Uh, he is, uh, regarding each one of you, uh, seemingly, uh, with curiosity, although it's sometimes hard to read, uh, his expression as his face is, uh, mostly bones and as, uh, his eyes are empty sockets which contain tiny pinpricks of hateful light. Here's a picture. Oh, yeah, that's distasteful. Yeah, that's some pretty hateful light. Exactly, exactly. Um, he starts uh, scrutinizing you, Andre, uh, cocking his emaciated head from one side to the other clacking his teeth. And while this is going down, 
uh, your companion, Saffron, clutches Ralston by the arm, digging her nails into your vestments, says, Come! Come! Trying to pull you back out of the room. I will humor her. I'll, I'll get pulled out of the room. Great. All right. So, Dragomir and Andre, your cleric leaves. Oh, uh, well, that sounds like a, a lead I should follow. Uh, Agreed. The lich leans forward and says, Warbarian extends a bony finger towards you, Andre. You wield the power of the Warbarian. I am a vessel. Or you have begun to unlock it. And you, his finger moves over to fix on Dragonair. You have recently played host to a debuck, have you not? Played unwilling host? Yes, and yet you are living. From what I recall, such demons were not puissant enough to possess a living being. Perhaps times have changed. I admit that I did not think I was lucky with the one that had chosen me, but perhaps. <clears throat> we cut now to the outer corridor, uh, which is, it contains a, a, a faceless idol, um, some sort of magical power it exerts upon people. Uh, you had to deal with earlier. Uh, also, you are uh, knee-deep in skulls in this corridor, so, you know, <laughs> welcome to Ravenloft. Mm -hmm. uh, Saffron continues to clutch your arm, and uh, with her other hand, she produces the Tome of Strahd, and she says, I know this, I know this, I know who this is. Tell me. Please enlighten me. But he doesn't know. He doesn't seem to know. He hasn't remembered. If I remind him, will that be good or bad? Three mages, mm -hmm. she says. Three mages. The copper-faced guy whose name escapes me right now. Haslick. He was a student of Mordenkainen and Azalin III. Azalin wooed Haslick to the darkness. There was a battle. But Strahd, he deemed Azalin too powerful, locked him in Ambarizaro. That's Azalin. Do you think... If we help this creature, he will hate Strad enough to become an ally? Or do you think his powerfulness is reason enough to leave? I I don't know. If but if anyone knew where the contract was kept, it would be him. Alright. Let me see the tome again for the fiftieth time. Uh I put it in my backpack. Uh, it drives you crazy, sweetie. Remember? Start scratching yeah. her arm compulsively. Should be okay. Let's go back in and make sure our allies are okay. This could turn to our advantage if we play our cards right. All right, back inside. 
Azalin's finger probing closer and closer. He's back on Andre now. He says, as this, uh, as this stone extrusion, your exoskeleton, been persistent through your lifetime? No. Uh, it's found an affinity with me as we've traveled these lands. And how long has your lifetime been? Approximately. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm nearly 20. Mm, this seems a falsehood. He swings his head uh, back as Ralston steps back into the room. And he says, you, you serve the morning lord. That's God who's true name I am looking up now. Uh, Eolantha. Yes, you step into this place of desecration. How old are you? Uh, 24? No. <laughs> the answer you seek is more complicated. Yes. Yes, it is complexities I require. My mind has grown feeble cannot even recall my name. We are in a position to enlighten you. Say more of this. We have a shared enemy. You do not know who yet, but if I give you the information, my hope is that perhaps you will attempt to murder him or assist us in doing so. <sighs> However, if I give you this information, it could also be bad for me and my friends. So, what assurances can you grant us? I am willing to give you back your name and your purpose. What will you give to me? <clears throat> Azalyn stands for the first time rises slowly from his ancient chair and he begins <laughs> I poop a little. shuffling towards you uh, even more than Strahd von Zarovich who, who's, with whom conversing is, is, is like talking to a wax dummy he evinces no life at all unless he chooses to the lich uh, emanates he radiates death and necrotic energy you can feel a kind of weakness approaching in the air as he moves towards you. And the brightness, the pinpricks in his eyes glow brighter. He says, I know nothing of this enemy. Why should I pledge to destroy him then? You make a good point. I need from you some assurance that you will not attempt to destroy us. <sighs> if you do not give us that, I will not give you your name, and I will not tell you your purpose. <sighs> he looks at each of you in turn. He looks to Dragomir, he says, Do you share this knowledge with your priest? I share his resilience in passing on knowledge. <sighs> Meaningless prattle. Turns to Andre. Do you share this knowledge? 
secrets of my name? Uh, no. Ah, mindless barbarian. He turns to Saffron. Do you share this knowledge? Saffron, usually a very smooth liar, falters when she says no. Oh. Oh. Uh, but he doesn't seem to notice. And he turns back to you. He says, very well. Then you and I must treat, it would seem. Excellent. I confess, I am at a great disadvantage. I know nothing of myself. I know little of the power that I wield. And I cannot leave this chamber. Yet I would help you howsoever I can. And in this I pledge. I shall do no harm to you or your kith. Um, metagaming, not metagaming, outside the game. Hmm. Does that have any, like, <laughs> there's no power in those words, <laughs> right? So is there some, if I was to write a contract mm-hmm. that he was not able to harm me or my friends, mm-hmm. um, is there a magical spell that I can use to make that binding? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I know. I'm assuming mages have that sort of thing. I don't mm-hmm. think clerics do. Oh, I could see clerics being kind of oathy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's uh, what I was sort of thing. Hoping, yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know offhand if there's anything that reflects that in the player's handbook. Mm-hmm. What I like a glyph of something like if uh-huh. uh, if they fail to meet the the contract that they get. Yeah, some some sort of binding. Sixteen mm-hmm. ten cold damage or something. Like that. Well, make a make a religion check. Yeah, I was hoping for something. Because yeah. I think you'd be able to do mundane shit like that. I rolled a 16, and my religion is intelligence. It's a 17 altogether. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, priests could uh, be like the lawyers of their towns. Uh, you certainly would know how to draw up a contract, um, but the idea that it has magical power uh, above and beyond, you know, the, the, the laws of man. That doesn't matter. Um, I, I think... I think by this point you know that the god who's chiefly responsible for contract shit is Asmodeus. Right. The Morning Lords might be about, like, I pledge my life to protect you or something, but... so we are in a temple to Asmodeus. Maybe just describing the contract here holds some power. Maybe. I will write a quick contract saying, Hmm. very, very briefly, Mm -hmm. I promise to divulge information... To this creature, mm-hmm. on, based on what I currently know <laughs> about him, uh-huh. he promises that under no circumstances will harm come to me or my friends. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just <laughs> I'm just seeing a step ahead of here. So, yeah. uh, wait, you write that up as you are doing so. If you can't write his name, inside his name. What are the what are the rest of you doing while uh, Ralston writes this contract up? Oh, uh, shaking my head and wandering around because like there's nothing binding about writing. It's useless. Yeah, it means nothing. Right. People make up meanings from squiggles and the yeah no. 
I'm very curious uh, to learn as much about uh, the contents of this room as I can. Uh-huh. This, this place does seem to be the seat of, uh, uh, of, of power of the Wood and Marantha, and I'd like to learn anything I can. All right. Uh, you can make a perception check. Uh, maybe not with rolls like that. Um, that's uh, only, oh, sorry, uh, 14. Okay. Well, this particular room uh, doesn't really resonate with you the way some of the other spaces did. Um, for one thing, it's it's very sparse. There are, you know, a few shelves with some musty tomes, uh, you know, lots of candles that seem to be kind of ever-burning, but none of the uh, symbols and carvings that you've encountered elsewhere. Um, and you almost wonder if maybe this is some kind of annex or, or something that's been added uh, to the uh, to the temple afterwards um, but but you do you remember that kind of humming feeling that you had uh, in your body um, when like when the when that door I don't remember exactly it's been too long but when that door kind of opened or, or parted for you um, that there have been these moments where it's almost like the surroundings the 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 caves, they're doing what you want them to do. Could I try making a small modification to this room? Yeah, you could try. I'm going to think of something very simple, like extruding a very small natural shelf, big enough to hold a book or a candle. Mm, your natural shelf. All right. Um, we'll say that uh, in this moment, uh, Andre is staring at a wall, concentrating intently. Uh, maybe muttering the word shelf under your breath. And, uh, <laughs> and meanwhile, Ralston has finished the contract and he slides it across to Aslan. Aslan takes the quill and then says, What name shall I sign? Make your mark. I do not remember. Sorry, the illiterate can often sign with a simple X. He reaches his chest and you see that in the folds of his robes he has an amulet it it's heavy it looks like it's made of lead um and on a equally large ostentatious chain uh, but it's got a, a a little divot in the center uh an indentation um just looks like a sphere you know um and uh he takes it slowly up and then he leans forward over the table hears bones creaking and sort of rubbing together. He presses this amulet into the melted wax beside the candle, and then he presses the wax onto the contract. Excellent. The contract is signed, then. You must sign as well. All right. I will, as a human, uh, I will make a small cut on my thumb, Mm -hmm. and I will press it into the document. I see. As oh. a human. <laughs> as a human. Also, I have is. a pen. I just mm-hmm. wanted to be dramatic. Right. All right. Um, David, please make a charisma check. Oh. This might not go well. It does not go well. That is a three. Okay. Shelf, shelf, shelf. You... <laughs> <laughs> erupt in frustration, but uh, no new shelves appear. Well, bang goes that idea, then. 
All right, Aslan looks up, he says. There, our agreement is complete. Now tell me what you know of me. I'll roll up the contract, and I'll stuff it in my cassock. Yes. Christmas. Yes. You are named Aslan. By all accounts, a very powerful practitioner of the arcane. You, along with two others, were tasked with building a castle for Strad von Zarovich, a vampire. Do you recall any of this? Yes. Yes, it was myself and Haslick and third. Mordenkainen. But Strad was no vampire yet, although he sought power beyond his reach. Well, he has succeeded. He struck a bargain with Asmodeus. Yes, the contract. I was there as its signing. Aslan, where is this contract? Mm. The contract dwells below in Ambarizaro. You do not understand. None of you know where you stand. Barovia. This is not Earth. In this place, this is not Barovia. So Strat has no reach here. He does not. But before you think of escaping your trapped state, your <coughs> pocket dimension, Berizaro is not held by Strad. But it is an annex of hell. An annex. Well, an atrium. At this point, Aslan's voice grows slightly softer because the DM's larynx is becoming agitated. <coughs> but he's still scary as hell. I'm terrified the whole time. I promise. I act tough, but really I'm crying inside. Good. We, uh, as far as I know, Aslan, you are a prisoner here. Strad feared your power. Yes. He had good reason to do so. And so do you. Oh, forgive me. Your contract. Hopefully Asmodeus was watching over us when we signed up. <laughs> Did you say a little prayer to him? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I assumed contracts in his temple, you know, maybe. You think? You think? Well, Aslan, uh, I assume, based on what we've told you and what you now remember, Strad is your enemy. Would that be fair to say? He has entombed me here for many centuries. From what I can discern from you, you were born 500 years ago. Therefore, I too have been here that long, at least. Uh, likely right around that amount. We were present when Strad's mother was killed. Queen Ravenovna. 
one of the Dark Lord's weaknesses. But you do not want advice. You want a champion. He raises his arms up and he's got various bracelets and bangles. Each one glows with a different sort of fiendish power. He's, he's, the lights in his eyes are beginning to grow brighter and sharper. Um, they're deep, deep red. Uh, but you get the sense that the power is starting to grow within him. He says, I will fight and I will slay. But first I must be freed. My, uh, First instinct, Aslan, is to leave you here. Obviously. His hands fly forward and blasts blasts of uh, coruscating green and black energy pour forth. He is pointing his hands down towards the table. Pull your hands back in time. The table is disintegrated. It's just reduced to ash. (laughs) Why would you do this? Torment me thus. Return my memories, but leave me entombed. Do you not want me to destroy Strahd? More has happened than you know. Strahd is much, much more powerful than you would have remembered him. And I'm worried that releasing you will just cause me a second problem. Possibly a worse one. Possibly not. What assurances can you give me? I've signed your contract already! (laughs) Well, then that's good enough, I guess. (laughs) Tell me where to find Strad's contract with Asmodeus. I will retrieve it, and once I've done that... I will return, and we will find a way to free you. He's, he's, his animation, his energy is, is high enough now that it seems like he almost can't stand still, and he strides past you towards the doorway. Um, <clears throat> Saffron also jumps back. A uh, knife appears in her hand, but <clears throat> he ignores all of you, and he puts his hands up on the, the entryway, um, the uh, place where you discovered a, a secret passage that, that led in here. He gestures, he begins to incant some kind of spell. The stone from either side begins to fold in on itself, to iris closed, until the passage is gone. Swings round, he says, There, now we are all in tomb together. It's not really a problem for us. We'll be dead in a few days, then what? Or sooner than that. For should I choose to destroy your contract, you would not be far behind. I thirst for your energy. And you would still be trapped here for eternity. You will forget again. Then we are at an impasse. Again, I recommend you let us out. You tell us where Strad's contract is, we retrieve it, and then I will find a way to free you. 
I can tell you how. Great. Then this should be very easy to do. <sighs> he stalks back over to <clears throat> where the table was. And he sits back down on his chair, which now, without the table in front of him, resembles uh, a throne. He says, uh, <clears throat> I will show you where the contract is stored. But under no other terms will I assist. Fair. And I will still endeavor to fill my side of the bargain to release you. He says nothing. When he's not animated, you might as well be talking to a corpse. Straight up. I have a seat. Okay. <laughs> Saffron's like, what the fuck? What do we do now? We, are we going to outweigh him? We can't, obviously. We will die within a very short period of time with no water. Have, have a seat. <laughs> I'm not staying here. If you can find a way out of this stone coffin... I will gladly follow you, my love. Rothson, you asshole. Of course I can. I'm an escape artist. I can leave whenever I want. But I can't take all of you with me. I recommend that you leave, if you can leave. You can take me. Really? That's it? You're just going to cast me off? You don't... Never. I would, I would never leave you. Never. But this has to see itself out. This has to happen. She turns to... Uh... To Andre. He he calls me insane. And now he sits here, staring at at that thing. The most powerful mage you have ever encountered. He thinks he can outwit him? Hmm? What does he think? <laughs> she uh, moves quickly from Andre to Dragomir and uh, grabs your lapel and says, Very well. Let us go. And Dragomir, I dare say you are probably feeling a little enclosed in here. Oh, yeah. No. Yep. Hands up. Let's go. <laughs> I've this, too much talk about written word and the worthless, worthlessness that it is. Not really up your alley. Nope. Nope. The door went away. This is really not good. Okay. All right. Yeah. The rest of you have a fraction of a second to respond or to, to intercede, but uh, Misty Step is a bonus action, so... So she's the fuck. Oh, no, wait. Misty Step is only her. Oh. Gonna have to be Dimension Door, if it's anything. Bring objects along. One one willing creature. Yeah, okay, that's what okay. I wanted to okay. Yeah, so uh, there is a, uh, a, a momentary uh, blast of air through the room. Uh, a mist springs up around <clears throat> Saffron and seems to envelop Dragonair, and then the two of them are gone. Uh, Andre's just going to be looking at Ralston <laughs> very hard. <laughs> <laughs> there is a plan, right? <laughs> I'd rather not discuss it in front of the lich, but since you insist, I don't think he is willing to let us die. 
in here with him and possibly get turned to a skeleton and resurrected a million times until the sun burns out. But for like, he has one chance right now to escape this room. We are that chance. I think he'll let us go. And I think that we'll find the document and I'm confident that we can get him released as payment. Okay. I recommend you sit. Maybe read a book. He probably has some good stuff here. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm... You look over at the bookshelf and immediately go insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to um, uh, uh, look shiftlessly around the room um, and make my way over to where the... Um, where the portal closed down like an yeah. eye. Yes. And I'm going to make another attempt to adjust the wall, mm. but very subtly, I just want to try widening the hole okay. a little bit, like enough to st jam a finger through. Well, creating the hole because it's gone Ooh. now. Mm -hmm. Apologies, is what okay. I mean. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's... Uh... Uh, good. That'll um, that'll give me an opportunity to cut away for a bit. Uh, Ralston staring at uh, at Aslan, uh, a staring contest with a lich beyond imagination. Who who would have thought? Um, and we'll cut to Dragomir and Saffron, and you guys reappear uh, in a, a familiar room. It's a it's a long corridor. You'll remember that. Amberi Zaro is uh, built around a, a pit, a seemingly bottomless pit. Uh, yeah. That was the first thing you found. And then you went off to a long side room uh, where mm -hmm. you fought some flaming skulls. Yep. Right? So you're back in the flaming skull room. Uh, there are uh, a couple of exits, uh, including the one that you, that you came in, uh, the one that Saffron came in because she squeezed in a, a tiny little crevice to get into right. the, the temple. The third door uh, is the one that led you down to Aslan. So there's a fourth door that hasn't yet been opened. And uh, Saffron uh, immediately starts heading there. She's like, come, come. We don't have much time. You, this wasn't just a plan to leave and... Okay, let's go. Well, she says, we came here for the contract. Yes. And Aslan all but told us where to find it. Ah. Uh. It's below, he said. You go down, close okay. to hell. We must go closer to hell. Sure, I'll, I don't know why, but I, yes, I will still follow you. <laughs> bloody books and writings and contracts and, ugh. It's not about that. It's not about any of that. Forget about that, she. Re really? She grabs your like the, the sides of your head. She's pulled herself very close to you. She's very sexy. And she says, uh, uh, this is about our survival. They don't understand what we must endure, what we must become in order to survive. Only the queen and the king will be able to supplant Strahd. I thought it was Ralston. I thought he could be my king, but... And we cut back to Andre. He's staring at that wall. He's really, really, really concentrating on that wall. Trying to get his fingers in there and get a little up book, you know? <laughs> no, no, he's not trying to do that. Uh, 
What's that you do with? Just, just wants to look. He just likes to watch. Can you make another charisma check? I'm, I'm just wall curious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a better roll. That's a 15. Okay. All right. So neither Aslan nor Ralston can see this or, or seem to take notice, uh, but it does appear as if a tiny hole has manifested a little crack in the dike. Uh, and you can see through out of the passageway. Okay. Azalyn speaks. What do you hope to accomplish, morning lord? My only goal is the defeat of Strahd. And then what shall happen? Strahd is Barovia. Once he is dead, this demiplane will dissolve like sand in the rain. Well, I, I'll be frank with you, Aslan. I do not have the breadth of your experience, but my plan in its entirety is to cross that bridge when we reach it. You do not think in grander terms. I do not have the lifespan to think in grander terms. <laughs> that is something we can remedy together. You want to destroy Strahd. I want the same. But I want to rule when he's gone. Help me to rule Barovia. And of course I shall let you leave. You can travel to whichsoever plane of existence you fancy. Go and sit at the feet of your lord. I'm going to stop you right there. Not a chance. There's not a chance I'm going to assist you. Take the throne for yourself, if you will. But I will not help another tyrant. This is bad enough. I can't imagine you being any better. No offense. Now, please, Aslan, the door. Andre, you want to make another check? You trying to make it bigger now? Yes. I'm, I'm going to try and keep this at least to a size that uh, does not draw attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, uh, fingering the door is real normal. <laughs> I'm not making any creepy noises or anything while I'm doing it. <laughs> it was well, just a... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hunched over in the corner, <laughs> vibrating slightly. <laughs> the power of Marantha courses through me. <laughs> Twelve this time. Boys, Twelve. All right. Yeah, it's it's it requires an incredible amount of energy and focus, and those two assholes behind you just won't shut up. So you <laughs> see it get a little larger, and then it kind of shrinks back down again. It's oh. like you're trying to, I don't know, pry open a sand in the rain. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that's where you went. <laughs> That's where I went. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing similes tonight. Um, Dragomir, mm -hmm. you're following Saffron. Yeah, you know there are worse things to do in this world. Sure thing. Well, that doorway, that door takes you back out to the rim of the pit. It's uh, it's kind of a different. It's a different section of it, and from here you're able to see a little bit more that there are several other doors beyond. She doesn't... Every time she, she stops, she kind of looks around, and you, you can see on her face that she's 
she doesn't know where she's going, but then when she chooses a direction, she seems to commit to it 100%. Um, so she's currently debating between two different doors, the one immediately to your left and the one that's further down to your left. Um, are you going to say anything or just kind of let her do her thing? I'm going to say, which way? This, this must lead down. She points to okay. the door beside you. Okay, let's go. Right. And you uh, open the door. The room beyond is mm -hmm. lit uh, with some ever-burning torches. It is a wide room, vaulted ceiling. Looks like a library. There are um, frescoes on the walls. Um, they look like they once depicted something very different, but they have been uh, scratched out and sort of distorted um, to present images of <laughs> devils uh, torturing humans. And then there are uh, long marble black bookcases uh, across the length of the room. There's five of them in total. Uh, they are stacked to the uh, roof. Embroidered rugs and chairs. Uh, it's it's a very fancy place for mm -hmm. a cavern. Lovely place, but does this seem too easy? Are you thinking the contract's one of these? No, it can't be. He said down, but there's nowhere to go down. Did he lie to us? Is there something with the pit behind us? Her head jerks up. We could try. I don't know. It It seems to go down a long way. I might be able to survive, but I don't know. It doesn't feel safe. I, I haven't... I have not tried much with carrying other people, but we might, I might be able to take you down. You can fly. You have that... You have that thing inside you. I can fly. I can't say much more about the thing. <laughs> oh, the master of the air. I love it. She grabs you and gives you a big kiss. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, well, you you chose your new boyfriend. You, you and Azalet are uh, going at it. She, uh, she doesn't need you anymore. Staring lovingly into each other's eyes. That's right. So yeah, she uh, she pretty much pulls you back uh, through the door to the rim of the pit, and uh, she she stops. She seems to have another moment of doubt, and she says, "How how should we do this?" Hold on to me. I'll hold on to you. Let's let's try to float here above the above the the edge, and then if it feels good feels good, let's go down. If you want to drop her. Like, I won't hold a grudge or nothing. <laughs> she says, one moment, and uh, she unravels the chain that she keeps around her. Part of it snakes out, animating back to the room that you were just in, and it, uh, it loops itself uh, around the, uh, the base of a pillar and uh, seems to, to lock into place. And, uh, so holding onto the chain uh, with one hand, she wraps her other hand around you, and she says, I'm ready. Let's, let's go. Let's do it. Take her to a big hug and... Yeah, yeah. Step off into the abyss. Back in the uh, chamber, the lich, Azalyn tries a different tactic and says, Tell me, in the years I have been here, what is the status of your faith? 
Is the morning lord still embraced in a land of darkness? I dare say that there are still many uh, churches and abbeys to his worship, but I mean, the people of Barovia have lost hope. And well, they should. For the gods themselves abandon this place a bit at a time. Their movements span eternity, but you, you may be the lone cleric of your faith now, having carried his power from your past. How do you propose to rebuild your church when your god has turned his back on you? Hmm. You are a fool, Aslan. I speak to my god every morning. You are barking up the wrong tree. You may speak to him, but will he answer? He leans forward, holds up his bony hands, and he says, When your mind belongs to me! Time to make a will save. That's my best one. Yeah? But that is a very powerful bro. Mm. Will save is wisdom plus proficiency bonus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I meant wisdom save. <clears throat> so I rolled a 15 and mm -hmm. plus 8, so 23. Mm. All right, all right. The, the energy hits you like with physical force, uh, knocks you back, um, and you can feel the tendrils of power starting to move into your head. It feels a little bit like when Haslick is worming around in your dreams, uh, but far more aggressive and rapey, quite frankly. Um, but you resist. You keep your thoughts pure, um, thinking Morning Lord's thoughts. I immediately raise my hand to his face and uh -huh. turn undead. Ah! Step back! <laughs> splendid, splendid. I'm going to need to take a long puke after this. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I forget how that works. I apologize. I'll have to... Okay, well, while you are looking that up, uh, let's get uh, Andre to what? Are you going to continue trying to expand the portal, or are you just... Yeah. yeah. I think what I'm trying to do is to get it to a width where we could pass through, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily floor-to-ceiling. Like, it's something that it could be blocked by my body from Aslan's view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but not this round, for yeah. sure. Because <laughs> that's just a three. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, probably a little bit of what's going on behind you is distracting <laughs> you now. <laughs> Your mind belongs to me! <laughs> like, oh, that, shit. That doesn't sound good. He's going to get a saving throw. Oh, yeah. Against your turn undead. Uh, he probably has a super duper one. Um, it just says he has to make a wisdom save, but it doesn't tell mm -hmm. me what the saving mm -hmm. throw is, which I find a little... That'd be the same as your spells, probably. Well, the spells are based on the level. No, they're not based on the level. That's right. This yeah. is the wrong game. Yeah. So, minor, it's going to be 16. <laughs> what happens if he fails? What happens if, for example, he rolls a natural one? Well, a uh, turn creature. Well, he doesn't die. He's not that, not that powerful yet. Mm. Uh, You're not that powerful yet. Yeah. I don't, unless he has, like, three hit dice or lower. Um, he has to run screaming and wetting himself, I hope. Um, he has to run as far away from me as he can and can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of me. 
It also cannot take reactions for its action. It can only use the dash action or okay. try to escape from an effect that prevents it from moving. This is insane. It's nowhere to move. It can mm -hmm. only dodge. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? And that's the best thing that ever happened to me. The odds of that working were roughly zero percent. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> no, he rolled a big old one. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, usually the effects uh, are as you describe, uh, you know, the vampires get scared, you know, maybe if you're lucky a skeleton disintegrates. This is more like old man wizard battle. You you put your holy icon up and he is flung against the far wall and, and he stays there. He's like pinned to the wall. There's cracks behind him. And his eyes are flaring bright red. I recommend you do not question my faith again. Love it. Let's go back to the bottomless pit. Uh, Dragomir, you can fly. Uh, mm -hmm. Where would you like to go? Uh, well, let's just make sure that with the added weight, mm -hmm. uh, under, understood there's this, there's a chain safety going on. Yeah, but there's a chain safety. Yeah, that, let's just uh, go up and over. Yeah, uh, Saffron is a, uh, a contortionist. Um, so hot. She's got a a little, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, just hold on to me while we while we go down. Very good, very good. Uh, she holds on very tight. And... I don't know if I like your attitude, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> and so you are going down. You're going to uh, start. Down, down is what. That's what she said. That is what she said. All right. You can fly at the same speed that you walk, so uh, double move per round is, uh, what, 60 feet? Yeah, 60. I don't know what me flying as a wolf would be, because that would be 80 if that works that way, but let's, yeah. let's stay humanoid at the moment. That's funny, isn't it? Let me, uh, let Giant me... wolves are aerodynamic. Let me ask you a uh, question. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it be faster to just not fly? <laughs> just, just terminal velocity would be faster, wouldn't it? You, good sir, are correct. However, the controlled stopping might be harder. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. It's not the fall that kills you. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I could fly just as good as you if I'm flying straight down. Possibly oh, better. Possibly be probably better. <laughs> Let's put that to the test, shall we? Oh no! You all, you guys already fell off a cliff one time. <laughs> we got hurled off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, by that other mage. For fuck's sake! And then I flew again. Oh, that, was, that was that was my first flying. That was awesome. Oh, the days. <laughs> all right. So you reminisce about oh, the first time you fly uh, while you are descending. Um, you quickly move away from any source of light, and it becomes uh, pitch black. It's cold at first. And then it starts to grow strangely warm, maybe even hot, like you're flying towards a big fire, even though there is no light. Should we go back up and grab one of those really handy ever-burning torches, or... No, let's... let's go. I've, I've got good eyes. Got good wolfy eyes. You, uh, reach the end of the chain's length. Uh, so there's probably okay. a, uh, sharp, uh, jerk as it goes taut. Yep. And... You're a sharp jerk. <laughs> so I've been taut. And then you, uh, you kind of exchange glances, and then Saffron lets go of the rope, or the chain. Let's go. So you continue Let's down. Go. Yes, we do. It's hard 
after a while to keep track of how far you've descended. Feels like a thousand feet or more. Pinpricks of light appear below you like little flames. Ah. And they grow brighter as you descend. And you get close enough to see that they are not flames. They are portals, um, openings in the wall of the well. And that each one uh, has a, uh, I guess, a balcony, uh, an outcropping coming from it. The light source, whatever you've seen, is, is coming from within those openings. So it's kind of an indirect source. But with the flickering of that light, that sort of orangey-amber light, you're able to see that each one of these platforms contains one of two things. Some of them, and, and now you see that there's a dozen or more, so at least six of them contain uh, large wheels. They look a little bit like water wheels, except they don't contain water. They're not moving. It looks like they've got things stacked on them. It's some enormous round shelf of some kind. So there's six or so of those. Yeah. Shelf. The other, the other platforms contain pentagrams or ritual circles carved and painted into the floors. And th these are these are accessible, but there's no further down to go. Oh yes, yes, it continues down back into the darkness below. So these are exits from the pit, but the pit seems bottomless. Okay. Um, as we go by, before I say anything, I'm going to try to do a really, really well and studied sniff. <laughs> see if I see see if I get anything from it. Certainly. <laughs> That's never worked. It's N never helped. Incorrect. Me. You got out of the gloaming that way. Yeah, the but that's the yeah, first time. <laughs> it was the out. That was bad. Don't we end up in the rocks layer? No, no, garbage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, da, da, da. That would be a seventeen. Great. Uh, the smell is brimstone. From all of them. From all of them. From all around you. So it that smells like. Hell. I will pass this along. This, is, <laughs> this, is, this fits the brief, as they say. Indeed. All right. Cut back. Let's begin this time with Andre's... Comical attempts. Charisma check. Uh, seven. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, I mean, you'll get out eventually, right? Getting, giving you lots of room for dramatic build-up here uh, uh, before right. I luck out. Yeah, yeah. Now I have to come up with some more dialogue. <clears throat> Aslan seems chastened. He bows his head. He says, forgive me, Bishop. I did not realize your faith was so strong. Think nothing of it. Now please, Aslan, the door. I can return the passage to its former state, but I will still be trapped here 
unless you destroy the statue on the other side. Is that the statue with the faceless statue? I assume you, you yeah. assume that's what it's referring to. Yeah. Yes, the trapped statue, the art, the magically trapped statue. We have already defeated the trap. I'm sure destroying it will be a trivial matter. Then we are at an understanding at last. I promise. Once I have the contract in hand, I will release you from this prison. Now, please open the door. Very well. And pushes a hand up. Uh, Andre tries to concentrate one last time, and the door flies open. Uh, stone flying in all directions. Yes, I say. <laughs> well done, Andre. <laughs> Aslan slumps down to the floor. <clears throat> Seems defeated. Hey, wait here. <laughs> My walkers. <laughs> um, as soon as I get outside, I'm going to turn a corner. <laughs> yes. I get out of my knees and I'm going to start wildly throwing up. <laughs> start puking. As I am, <laughs> I was terrified the entire time and am way outmatched. <laughs> and I know that I'm outmatched. <laughs> and that was the toughest I've ever acted. And I'm going to be sick for a while. Uh, please don't look at me directly, David. I've, I'm going through some things. If you want to, you can walk past. I'd really appreciate that. <laughs> please don't draw attention. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Strawcast is produced by Slack and Slash Productions out of Cape Breton, Nova Scotia, also known as Unamagi, the unceded and ancestral territory of the Mi'kmaq people. It's based on The Curse of Strahd Revamped, published by Wizards of the Coast, as well as The Curse of Strahd Legendary Edition, published by Beetle and Grimms. But the participants are not affiliated with either company, and we do not seek to profit off this podcast. You can get in touch with us and find more of our podcasts at slackandslashpod.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. And you can subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, you name it. Be sure to leave a review if you like what we do. Until next time, be brave and shine bright. Shine bright.